When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Field, that one's called to the right. Hunter on the move. Racing back. It's over his head. It's gone. It's into the bullpen. This game is tied. This game is tied. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. This is Red Sox Beat on CLNS Radio. I think it would be a big statement if John Farrell started Travis Shaw on opening day, and I'd be totally cool with it. Because I think it would, it, it, if that doesn't give Sandoval motivation to, to play better defense and play better, period, nothing will. I think they're going to make Jeter that first unanimous vote, and I hate that about baseball writers. If you belong in the Hall of Fame, you get voted in the Hall of Fame. Achievement or a new milestone. So don't just be like, hey, we, we signed this player, so we're going to have a ceremony. Like, no, no. Like. Now, to your hosts. Welcome in fans, of course, Red Sox beat here on CLNS Radio. This week's support brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price because everyone deserves that great night's sleep. Uh, get $50, of course, off any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com backslash Celtics uh, and entering that promo code, which, of course, is Celtics. Uh, very exciting show for you today. Um, of course, it's the first official regular season episode, so Lauren is very excited. Um, of course, you can go follow us on Twitter at Red Sox underscore Beat. Facebook is a Red Sox Beat podcast. You can go on Tumblr, subscribe to us, um, as well as rate review on iTunes. Um, and you obviously, you can catch us on Stitcher as well. Uh, Guys, first week of the season in the books, and the Red Sox have started okay. It's, it's been a good week, I think, for the most part. It's been a very good week. I liked what I saw for the most part, and I know we'll go more in-depth about that later in the show, but I, mm-hmm. I like, for the games that we were able to play, I like what I saw. Yeah, I mean, three wins in the road. I'll take that any day of the week. Three wins in the road, taking two out of three from the Blue Jays. I think it's a good week. Plenty of stuff to talk about, but... Might as well do it. First regular season recap of the week from Jess Thomas. Oh, everyone's been waiting for this, right? It's very exhilarating, this stuff, you know. It'd be funny if, like, everyone hated it. We're like, we, like, love <laughs> it. Everyone hates we it. We get responses on Facebook and stuff. Why? How? You brought that back? What are you doing? I hate this kid. Why do they do stupid recaps? <laughs> <laughs> if that's the case, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> but he's going to do it now anyway. Yeah, I'll do so it anyway, whether you like it or not. If you hate it, tell me. If you like it. Just, just fast forward to the show if you don't want to hear Jess do his recap. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, anyway. <laughs> I'm going to do it. So here we go. All right, so the season didn't start Monday. <laughs> oh, good start. Rain. Rain, rain, rain. Actually, snow, really. It was like a snow, rain, it was a mix. wind mixture. Yeah, it's gross. So apparently that's not good enough to play, so they didn't. So the season started Tuesday instead of Monday against the Indians. David Price pushed back, and... Opening day, in my opinion, was probably the most perfect way to start the season in terms of everything. Starting was good, the bullpen was good, the offense was good. 
And as far as I know, those are the three things you want in a ball game. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. right? So uh, Mookie Betts got us started off with a two-run homer in the third inning for the first home run of the season, first runs of the season. Got the Sox off to a two-nothing lead. Um, David Price got in a little trouble in the third, gave uh, the fourth, gave up two runs. They tied it at two, and that was the closest it would be because in the sixth, Brock Holt RBI single, Travis Shaw scored a wild pitch, and then David Ortiz on opening day hit a two-run homer in the ninth inning to pad the six-to-two lead. That would be the final. David Price got the win. He pitched six innings, five hits, two runs, two walks, ten strikeouts. For my expert opinion of watching every single pitch of the game, he looked good. He didn't look great. His command was a little bit off. That could have been because it was like 35 degrees, which is... Yeah, that has something to do with it sometimes. Yeah. yeah, so we obviously have to keep that in mind in terms of looking how he pitched. But despite not having great command and despite getting a few jams, he still got 10 strikeouts, only gave up two runs. So I consider that a good outing, and I'm sure he'll just get better from there. Well, I don't know if he'll get better than 10 strikeouts because that's impressive. But in terms of the command and the and the control, I assume he'll get better. So... I think it was how, perfect could this, how perfect could this game have been, too? Because they literally blueprinted what we thought they were going to do in the offseason. They came in, David Price pitched innings, bullpen came in and swept through it, Tazawa, Koji, Kimbrell. Done. Game over. Literally exactly what you want. And Tazawa, Koji, and Kimbrell all gave up no hits. And gave up no hits, got some strikeouts, and then it was, just, it was great. It was exactly what they wanted when they put this team to kind of together in the offseason. Yeah, 15 strikeouts for the pitchers combined. Fantastic start. And I didn't even mention Corey Kluber, former Cy Young winner, started for Cleveland. And as I said, you know, we got four runs and nine hits off him, and it's only five in the third inning. So it was a great game all the way around. Everyone played well. Five guys had two hits. So it was really a good game. Great way to start the season. So that was game one. Want to know? We move on to game two, which was not so good, but definitely exciting. I feel like it runs. Uh, this was this is Clay Buckholtz game, and I know I'm sure we'll get into it, and I don't want to hear it. I've been dreading this for the entire week. <laughs> but <laughs> Buckholtz did not pitch well. I'll be the first to admit it. He gave up four runs in the first inning. including Did not pitch well is an understatement. Okay, fine. He pitched very poorly. <laughs> That's better. Okay. 4 nothing in the first. Carlos Santana hit a three-run homer. Not the, the uh, musician, but the baseball player, in case you guys <laughs> were confused, which Carlos Santana <laughs> we were talking about. Fooled me the first time I saw him play, but he's been in the league long enough to know who he is at this point, and he's a good home run hitter, and he hit one off Clay. Uh, Brock Holt hit a two-run homer in the second inning to get it within four to two, and Clay went back to his ways in the second, in the bottom of the second, gave up an RBI single to Jose Ramirez, um, and then he was out of the game after four innings. He gave up six hits, five runs, three walks, four Ks, and four innings. He looked good, better in the last couple innings of his outing. Really, he just looked bad in the first inning. That was basically it, but that was... Obviously not good because you're giving up four runs in one <laughs> inning. So it's been a problem in the past. He's had struggles in the first in the past. So if he can just figure out some way to pitch like he does later in the game at the beginning, that would be good. Otherwise, that's not good. So that's Clay. But the Red Sox offense went to work. David Ortiz and Hanley Ramirez hit batch back home runs in the sixth to get the Sox within one at 5-4. And then a couple batters later, they tied it and took the lead on a – JBJ sack fly, Mookie Betts ground out. Unfortunately, the one time the bullpen didn't pitch well, they gave up the lead. Noe Ramirez gave up a sack fly to Juan Uribe in the sixth, and Janice Zawa gave up a home run to Mike Napoli in the seventh. Napoli came back to kill us, 
get a 7-6 lead, and that would be all that anyone got. The Sox didn't score in the last three innings, and the Indians won 7-6. So not as ideal there. Not great bullpen, not great starting. Hitting was still fantastic, though. That's been the key so far to the season. Very good hitting. So it wasn't a discouraging game all the way around, but it certainly wasn't what you're looking for after basically a perfect opening day. Yeah, no, definitely wasn't. Um, and But I don't think that anyone expected it to be perfect considering opening day involved price. So Right. It was the sure thing. Everything else was not the sure thing. Exactly. Lauren, you can pitch in, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. She yeah. fell asleep on us. It's past her bedtime. Show. Um, <laughs> I mean, I I hate to sit here and say, like, a lot of people expected Buckles to pitch the way he did. It's it's one start, but um, people can look at Price and be like, he didn't pitch that well. I mean, he pitched very well, but he could have his command could have been better and his control could have been better, but I'll take the 10 strikeouts and I'm not going to crap all over clay yet because it was one start. And Makes one of us. He, he, he could come back. If he pitches the next like three or four starts that way. Okay. Then I'm going to have some issues, but right. First it, start in the cold. He hasn't pitched since July. Right. Exactly. So there's a lot of factors going in that. And, and you know, we can't expect 10 strikeouts every time our starting pitchers take the mound. So all in all, solid week from, you know, the offense got us through this week, absolutely, but still, I think, solid week on offense and defense. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough with buckles because take out three-run homer. Obviously, you can't take things out because that's not how it works. <laughs> if you do take it out, that's, that was three of the five runs you gave up. So, you know, one swing of the bat changes things. Unfortunately, that's how it works. But if you're going to give them another break, like me and Lauren always do, then that's what you can look towards. So that was it for the Cleveland series because it's just like Monday, Thursday also got postponed because the weather was worse Thursday than it was Wednesday, and it wasn't great. The problem with scheduling an opening series in a cold-weather city this time of year. Yep, so stupid. Absolutely ridiculous. And the problem was, too, it was funny because on Wednesday they were saying that they were thinking about postponing Wednesday's game and doing a doubleheader on Thursday. And I'm sitting there like, they told, I, I heard that the weather was going to be worse on Thursday. Why would you have a doubleheader on Thursday? Sure enough, they play the game Wednesday and they postpone Thursday. I was like, whoever's <laughs> idea that was, I was like, what, what, were they, what weather were they looking at? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. So, postpone on Thursday, two-game series to Cleveland. Unfortunately, that's the only time that the Sox go to Cleveland, so they're going to have to make it up later on in the season on an off day, which is never what anyone wants to do. But that's the problem with scheduling a first series in Cleveland. So, yep. So we moved on one on one in that series. Moved on to uh, Toronto in Toronto. Their home opener was Friday, and boy, was this a game! This was an insane game. This is one of those games where people just like give up and are like, "Oh, we another crappy game," and then all of a sudden, if they gave up on the game, they look later and realize that things dramatically changed, or they kept watching and got really excited. Either way, <laughs> I know I'm one of the ones who kept watching because that's how I roll. I'm sure you guys too, because. We're Red Sox fans. Yes. yes, I did watch it. <laughs> Can't just give up. So so I'll break it down. Uh, Toronto took a one nothing lead in the first, Edwin Encarnacion sack fly. Joe Kelly was pitching this game against Marcus Stroman. So the matchup obviously favored Toronto on paper, but paper lies sometimes. Um, it didn't quite lie for, for Kelly, but um, the Red Sox did get two runs back, one in the second on a Holt double and one in the third on an Ortiz double. So that was two to one Sox. Then the floodgates opened for Kelly, and he had a terrible fourth inning. He just couldn't have looked worse. He was all over the place. Um, I think culminating in hitting Kevin Pillar in the head with a pitch. Fortunately, he hit the bill of his helmet, but that was ugly. 
just quickly going through the inning, Michael Saunders single, Russell Martin reached on an infield single, Ryan Goins single, bases loaded, no outs, Darwin Barney single, RBI, Kevin Pillar hit the head by a pitch, run scored, Josh Donaldson grand slam. Whew. Yeah, it was a rough few minutes there. That was that exhausting, was listening to it. <laughs> yeah, and Kelly was done for that. He, he came out after Donaldson's grand slam, he didn't, didn't even get one out in the inning and gave up, what was that, four, five, five hits and a hit by pitch. That's bad. Yeah. So his final terrible line was three innings, seven hits, seven runs, three walks, four strikeouts. So everyone who's expecting him to be great, they were probably a little disappointed. <laughs> so, just, just a little. <laughs> just a little bit. Fortunately for the Red Sox, just as in game one, the bullpen completely saved them because the offense came back. Just an inning and a half later, Brock Holt hit a grand slam of his own, which was awesome because he already had as many home runs in the first three games as he had all of last season with two. And he brought the Sox back to seven to six because just like Donaldson's grand slam made it seven to two from three to two, Holt brought us right back to seven to six. And then an inning later, RBI single for Ortiz, RBI single for Ramirez, and all of a sudden we got ourselves an eight seven game. Meanwhile, throughout this time, Noe Ramirez two innings of, of no runs, Matt Barnes an inning of nothing, Tazawa inning of nothing, and then the last two innings, Uihara, perfect besides a walk, no hits, Kimbrel, perfect, and you got yourself an eight seven win. So despite Joe Kelly giving up seven runs in three innings, they still won with great offense and fantastic bullpen. It's what I expected from Joe Kelly, to be completely honest. Like, I have no faith in this pitching staff, and, I, and this whole week has proven me right. Um, I don't believe in this pitching staff behind David Price, and they're going to be the downfall of this team if they, are gonna, if they aren't going to make a run at it. And this is why I don't have them doing anything past maybe maybe making the playoffs, but I don't, I don't even have them making the playoffs. So this is why. This is an example of why, because you can't get a good win from a pitcher after you get something from David Price like that. Then Joe Kelly comes in and this happens after Clay Buckholz already throws up a stinker himself. This is this is the problem with the team. I mean, it's only the first week. I think you need to settle down. But it, but it, I had all last season too. It's the same exact thing. Yeah, it's, I mean, nothing's I see, changed. I see what you mean because it's obviously a terrible example for for someone thinking the starting is going to be good because they pitched terribly. It is the first week. I see both sides of the argument. Give it a few more weeks. She'll be on my side, Lauren. No, never. She picked the win of the World Series. I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> I know. <laughs> True. Unless they miss the playoffs, she won't be on my side. <laughs> so that was... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just saying no. Simple no. Let's move on. <laughs> so that was Friday. So all of a sudden here, great comeback win, and we got a 2-1 record, which brings us into Saturday. Keep in mind, a lot of people picked the Blue Jays to win the division, me and Jared included, and at this point, they had lost three games in a row. So, interesting. Um, Saturday, Rick Porcello on the mound, and mixed bag, I'd say. I want to say he pitched poorly because he gave up two two-run two homers to Jose Batista, one in the thir- first, one in the third. But he settled down, only gave up those two, two uh, home runs, which was four runs. And mm-hmm. he pitched six innings, seven hits, four runs, one on walk, and seven strikeouts. So really, besides the two home runs, he really didn't look that bad. So we'll break that down further. But in the meantime, offense, offense, offense. Sox <laughs> chipped away, and uh, they scored three runs in the third inning on a ground out, ground rule double, and a ground rule double. Pedroia, Bogarts, Shaw. Uh, and then in the fourth inning, when they were down 4-3 to three after Batista's second home run, Swihart t- tied the game with a sack fly. So they weren't down for long either time. And then, just like the other game, Later on in the game, fifth inning, Hanley Ramirez triple, two runs scored. He scored a pass ball to make it seven to four. And then the next inning in the sixth, Pedroia hit an RBI double 
two, put the Sox up eight to four. That was the final. Um, Ramirez's hit was huge because it was tied at the time. I had Pedroia and Bogarts on, and he hits the ball out to right field, and it just shoots over Batista's head. Weirdest thing. I don't know if it hit one of like the the lines in the in the rug there in Toronto or what happened, but <laughs> it was like a normal bouncer to right, and it bounced like three feet over his head. I don't. Yeah, and you know something was up with that because Batista plays there all the time, so he knows how that field bounces. So he he himself was shocked by that. So you know why it wasn't a normal bounce. Um, I'm listening to the game. I believe it was Remy who said he thought maybe the seam of the baseball caught the seam of the rug, and that's what kind of caused it to jump up that high. But it was weird, though. Yeah, that when I watched that, I was like, that went like abnormally high for just what looked like it was just going to be a regular bounce. And then, then, like I said, just three feet over his head. And I was like, wow, like that was really pretty high. I was listening on the radio at this point, and Joe's just like, and said to Batista, it's over his head. <laughs> <What? laughs> How that happen? Got, got your Joe fix. I'm sure you were happy. I did. I listened like half this game on the radio. I was just like driving around. I listened to it. It was fantastic. Um, but yeah, that was a huge hit because it gave the Sox the lead that they never gave back. And it was, you know, it was scored as a triple and two RBI because you can't give him an error because he was going to feel that it was over his head. <laughs> so that was pretty nuts. So anyway, 8-4 to four win. Dustin Pedroia had three hits and two RBI. Uh, two RBI for Hanley as well on that hit. So good game for, for the uh, the batting. I mean, the bullpen pitched three innings of, of no hits. Uihara and Ross Jr., so that was another great thing to see. What do you guys think of the Porcello outing? Um... I, I don't know. I thought it wasn't, like, terrible, but, like, I don't know. I'm still not on his side. It was it was bad. Okay, I'll, be, I'll I won't be nice. It was bad. I mean, it wasn't – I Jess, I'm kind of with you. Like, you want to say it's bad, but he after he settled down, he pitched pretty well. And I know it's kind of like deja vu with last season. He gave up some runs and then would settle down, and he needs to learn to settle down in the first when he gets on the mound. But yeah, I think – you know, with Porcello and Kelly, those guys, this is how last year started. We kind of, we know not to expect, like, huge things from them, even though they finished off the season well last year. But I think I think his next start will be will be much better. He'll be much settled down. He'll be pitching at Fenway, so he'll be home and I think a little more confident, too. Here's the way I see it. It's... Not encouraging with the two home runs, obviously, but you also have to keep in mind that's Batista, and they have a really good offense in the first place. Obviously, you don't want to see the two home runs because he gave up way too many home runs as it was last year. So that's kind of a continuing disturbing trend in that sense. But if you look at it from another side, Buckwitz only lasted four, Kelly only lasted three. Porcello actually got his stuff together and ended up going six innings, which is what they want. If you're getting six innings out of Porcello, that's good. Six or more yeah. is good. That's that's fine. So that's the difference between those two. And he did hold them down, and the offense did do it. So you don't want to give up four runs because sometimes that's not enough. But in this case, it was, and he did settle down. So I'm I'm like slightly encouraged at least, at least better than what Buckholz and Kelly gave us. So I'll be no, interested to see if he could do that, do better next time. Yeah, it's definitely encouraging that he did go six innings, and obviously aside from Price, he pitched the most innings out of that starting rotation. So it, that that was until definitely today. It, yeah, <laughs> until today. And, but that was definitely encouraging to see because we don't want our pitchers to go three or four innings because we don't want to wear out the bullpen because look what happened last year. Right, and the bullpen's been great so far, so we want to keep them fresh. Right. But this year's bullpen's also better than last year's bullpen. Much better. 
And we don't even have Smith they yet, and they've already, they're already really good. So Yeah, exactly. So I think that you're in better shape to be able to use your bullpen more because you have more pitchers to rely on than just two. No need to wear them out, though. <laughs> right. Well, no, of course. But my point is you can use them more because you can just pitch different guys. You have a, I, I trust the majority of the bullpen. Right. No, definitely. One more note from this game. All right, Dickey started for Toronto. Gave up eight hits, seven runs, six earned, two walks, nine strikeouts, and five innings. Pretty weird game for him, but that's the life of a knuckleballer. So, Yeah. And that brought us to today, which uh, wasn't like the rest of the week because the rest of the week they were scoring runs. They scored six, six, eight, and eight which is 28 runs in four games, which is seven a game, which is awesome. Today, not so much. Toronto won three to nothing. Stephen Wright against Marco Estrada. Both pitched really well. Uh, just one blemish for, for Wright. It was the first inning. He couldn't get settled in. His ball was everywhere. Blake Swihart didn't know what was happening. He couldn't catch anything he was throwing. It was a total disaster. And um, But it could have been way worse, because if Pedroia didn't make a throwing error, which led to the second run, uh it probably would have just been one nothing because Wright got out of it after loading the bases with no outs. So could have been way worse. Rare error for Pedroia, so you take that because that happens like two or three times a year. Yeah, right. When's the next one going to happen? Probably not for like, a while. Like July or something, yeah. So <laughs> so you can't blame him for that. Unfortunately, it got the Sox down a 2 nothing hole right away, and Marco Estrada was dealing today. Five hits, two walks, eight strikeouts, no runs in seven innings. He pitched great. Fortunately for the Red Sox, and very good to see, Stephen Wright pitched fantastic the rest of the way. He did load the bases in the fourth, but got right out of it on a ground out. Uh, and he ended up going six and two-thirds, which was the most that anyone had gone in the entire rotation, despite throwing 32 pitches and giving up two runs in the first inning. But because of the error, only one run was earned. Six hits, two runs, one earned, three walks, five strikeouts. Very serviceable out and kept the Sox in the game. Fortunately, they didn't score any runs off Estrada. Donaldson had a home run in the eighth to make it 3 nothing, and the Sox just couldn't score. So they lost 3 nothing. It's bound to happen at some point that the offense wouldn't do anything on a certain day. So it ends the week at 3-2. Three 3-2 and two. Three and two road trip going back home for 10 games. I'll take it. That Donaldson home run was a shot. The one today. Yeah, double, when second they deck, right? Yeah, that was second deck, and it was high. It was high and far. It wasn't just one or the other. It was a bomb. Yeah, when I, I saw that, I was, the second it hit the bat, I was like, oh, that is gone. Yeah, it was a blast. But, but there you go. Um, Jess, do you have an MVP for the week? I don't see it here. I'm just curious if you do. Oh, yeah, that's right, MVPs. Um, well, I do. Not written down, <laughs> but it's got to be Hanley Ramirez. Guy, oh, actually. Excuse me? Rockhold. Okay, hold on. Cool MVPs? <laughs> You can, hey, I mean, you can have a couple MVPs this week. <laughs> yeah, David Price on that list too. So yeah, I'm gonna go. Oh, gut rank, gut, gut reaction. What do you think? All right, I'm gonna. I'll explain it, but I'm gonna go with Hanley, just because pressure was on him. He hit 455, played excellent defense at first, made no errors, and just played. He seemed to, he was hustling. He was making things happen. I think that's worth it. Going yeah, I don't hate it because the the hitting doesn't shock me. The double, the triple, the homers, the the four fifty like I mean four fifty five is obviously high, but like that doesn't shock me because when healthy he can actually hit the ball. We know he can hit the ball. It's the no blemishes at first base really, and him hustling on the base paths is what's getting me. He's been stretching singles into doubles. He he, he no, last year Hanley probably wouldn't have went for a triple when Bautista lost that ball. 
because he probably would have been shallantly running towards first base and not made it. And like other stuff like that is what shocked me so far for him. Like, he's playing baseball. Take looks- first to first to third on a play too. Yeah. He looks good at, the, at first base. He looks comfortable. And I know we spent a majority of the offseason just absolutely crapping all over him. And But why wouldn't we, you know? Exactly. I feel bad about it now. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't feel bad about it. I never feel bad about it. But, like, why wouldn't we crap on him? Because look how bad he did last year. And for Toss, it was just another position change. It didn't mean he was going to do well. Obviously, we thought it was going to be better than left field because he's played infield before. But, like, we didn't think it's gonna be this good. Like he looks comfortable, like you said, Lauren. He knows what fo- he knows what foot to put on the bag. Butterfield's done a good job with him. Yeah, he did a really good job, and um, you know, but just like it's funny, did, 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 Jess, did you ever think you'd be saying Hanley would be your MVP first week of the season? It's so weird. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm obviously he- a little hesitant just because he had a great April last year too. But he wasn't making hustle plays, and he he was just just hitting home runs, and obviously being terrible in the field. So he's already cleaned up his field act, he's cleaned up his hustling act, so it looks like very different so far. I'm still a little, a little hesitant, but he's given us no reason to doubt him so far. Yeah, no, definitely not, and what gets me too, and this, and this is kind of more telling than everything, is they, uh, I think it was Saturday, I think, or maybe it was today, they cut to, I think it was Saturday, they cut to the uh, dugout. And it was him and Travis Shaw sitting there, and they were laughing and having fun like a team, like teammates. Like Hanley and Travis Shaw were interacting like they've known each other forever, and they were being good teammates. Hanley was making him laugh and having fun, and I'm like, it's not the same Hanley I'm used to seeing. Um, like not so a clubhouse it, cancer. Yeah, like he's being a good teammate. He's having fun with Travis Shaw, and Travis Shaw is enjoying his presence sitting there uh, right on the uh, fence of the dugout. Like I'm, sh- I was shocked to see that on TV. And you know, Nessa put the TV cameras there on purpose when they saw that, but like. Discretion aside, I'm shocked that I saw that. Yeah, it's nice to see him, like you said, not being a a clubhouse cancer. It's nice to see him laughing, getting along, and just being the teammate that we want him to be for everyone else. Because he's not a rookie. He's not new. He's, He's a veteran baseball player. So you want to be able to look up to somebody in the clubhouse like Hanley because he's been in the league so long. Yeah. It's, Ooh, your guys it's been cl- um, I don't want, I don't even know. Like, honestly, I was leaning towards Hanley because just what he's done so far. Um, I also, I, I think I'd have to give it, I don't want to say give a price because he's only pitched once. Like, if he pitched twice in this week, like, if he pitched today, then maybe I would give it to him, which I can, we can also talk about because I just am so mad about that still. Um, but that being said, I think my MVP was probably be uh, Brock Holt because he showed this week that, he can be an everyday left fielder in major league games when it matters. Hitting that grand slam was one thing, put a good bat on the ball. Um, but he just kind of exemplified what it means to be an everyday player this week. Can I give it to the bullpen? <laughs> you can give it to the whole bullpen. Go for it. <laughs> I think I'll give it to the whole bullpen because, you know, with Buckles and Kelly, they really got us out, like, saved those games for us. And they've just shown that there's, this is why we have these guys and this is why that, Kimbrel's our closer, and Koji's a setup man, and X Y Z. Like it's just it's all coming together for them. And just like you said, Jess earlier, we don't even have Carson Smith back yet, and they're just dominating. And isn't this great that we have three different viable MVP candidates, even more, but three really solid candidates for MVP on the road in the first week of the season? That wasn't happening last year. Last year we struggled to find one. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> There's always like one that stood out, and we're like, all right, we'll pick that one. Now we're like, who the heck do we pick? I know. Yeah, it it was 
Um, it's kind of crazy that that's the fact. Um, and I want to ask you this because I don't think we need to talk too much about it, but like, do you, are you guys? Because I said kind of I would have given it to Price if you pitched today. Were you? I know I know Wright's start was good, but like coming into today, were you mad that David Price wasn't pitching? No, not at all. <laughs> Oh, see, I don't get it. Like, it just bugs me because, and the reason why I'm mad, and I'm sure you've heard this before, like, during the week, but, like, you had the chance to have David Price pitch twice against Toronto. Um, and after John Farrell has come out in spring training and basically said, I want, we're going to have him pitch as much as he possibly can, then you don't let him pitch as much as he possibly can on normal rest like he was supposed to anyway. I don't, I just don't see why they would have done that. Um, I get maybe if you want, they, they're trying to limit his innings throughout the entire year, but I don't know. Part of me just thinks that it was the wrong decision. Obviously now it worked, whatever. He wasn't the reason why we lost, but um, I still disagree with it coming into the game. I think Wait, this is... Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I'm fine with it. Um, he's got the chance to pitch the, the home opener now at Fenway over Buckles, which I'm sure a lot of fans going to the game tomorrow are happier about. And, you know, sure, it could give him the chance to pitch against Toronto, and but I, I'm okay with it. It's it's just it's an extra day, and if it's an extra day, it's an extra day. It's not going to kill him. Don't get me wrong; I don't hate that I get to see David Price tomorrow when I go to the game, but I still don't think it was the right baseball decision. But I digress. They lost. They would have lost either way. I don't think it would have made that big of a difference. Um, huge, just because this is a huge Boston freak out for nothing moment, in my opinion. That's what uh, we do. We nitpick about everything in the city. Yeah, I'm, I'm throwing I'm throwing you into this because <laughs> I do that all the time. It, it's the point. It's why we have. That's why we do this. We nitpick. It's the first week of the season. Right? Hadn't even gotten a start yet. Yes, I get that the rest thing. There was postponements. Yes, I understand that. Toronto, whatever. Fantastic. Give the guy a start. You picked him as your as your fifth starter to, play, to replace Rodriguez. So give him a start and see how he is. What's the point of pitching David Price? The Orioles are freaking five and zero anyway. Why not pitch him against them? Why do we need him today against Toronto? We already beat him two times. It's just such an overreaction for everyone. Oh, 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 we got to pitch Price all the time. We got to pitch Price all the time. Yeah, you no. do. You have no one else in the rotation. No, see how Wright does. That's so stupid. You got, you got to no. see how he is anyway, so we did. And the fifth starters, yeah, you knew he was good. He pitched well during spring training. Like, one, missing one start, is, especially when he's your fifth starter, if you can skip your fifth starter, you skip your fifth starter. Ah. Because now, in a few weeks, you're going to have to be in the monotony of not having those off days where you're going to have to pitch five guys and get stuck in that rotation. If you skip your fifth starter and you have the chance to do that, and you get your ace back on the hill, you get your ace back on the hill. That's it. Nah, no point. That's no point. You're, you, you're paying this guy to be your ace and win you baseball games. Okay, he needs to be on the starts. You, you guys are you're ridiculous, Jess. Sorry, I didn't mean to lump you into that, Lauren. Oh, no. Jess, you're... <laughs> lump me into it all you want. Like... <laughs> you're, you're ridiculous. You're ridiculous, Jess. I'm sorry, but that's not the right decision. But that being said, um, the whole rotation struggled besides David Price. Um, Buckles, Kelly, and Forsell, to be specific. I think today's start with Wright was okay. It wasn't terrible. Um, what what can you guys expect moving forward here? Like, Obviously, I know what's coming, but I, you guys don't want to hear it from me. So... In your words, what's coming with these three? Are we going to see better games from this? Like, is Buckholz going to be himself? Like, what's going on with these three guys? I know it's the first starts, blah, blah, blah. But, like, what are you guys expecting here? I mean, I'm expecting much better starts from all four of them, really. I know you said it was Buckholz, Kelly, and Porcello who really struggled, mostly. But um, I'm expecting better starts, stronger starts, and more confident starts because they'll be home. They'll have the hometown crowd behind them. 
they got their first start out of the way. So that's done with. And now they really know what they're dealing with. They know what needs to be tweaked and, and what's working for, for all of them. So I'm, I'm hoping, you know, six, at least six innings out of those three guys. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's obviously a little concerning because you want them to start out well, but colder, but at least for, in Buckle's case, very cold game. That has to mean something. And being a more sensitive guy in the first place, that's something that could affect him more than other people. I'm not giving him a handicap or anything. I know he gets hurt all the time. I understand all that. But knowing that it was a very cold game, uh, it just makes me feel like definitely give him another chance. And he did settle in. So it was just, you know, starting out cold, cold fingers, first inning, four runs, boom. It's a little hard to recover from that. So definitely seeing better start from him the next time. Kelly, that, that one bothers me. I don't know. It's just the fact that he couldn't even get out of the, couldn't even get an out in the fourth inning. It's like, come on, dude. You're throwing 98 miles per hour. You're a flamethrower. What changed from when you were struggling last year? Because when he got out of control last year, it just went down, 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 down. This happened so many times where he just started out bad and then just couldn't stop it, and he was just terrible. So that can, I think I'm most concerned about him at the moment, at least through these starts. Porcello, like I said, he settled down. You're facing the Blue Jays. Santa McKelly, I know you're facing the Blue Jays, but we're going to be playing the Blue Jays a lot, so get used to it. Yeah. Get that together <laughs> real quick because they're coming back. Exactly. So and Porcello, I think he'll get better. But, yeah, I think Kelly's my, my uh, wild card right now because I think Price will be fine. I think Wright will be fine. I have confidence in Buckholz. I have some confidence in Porcello. Kelly, not so sure. Um, I think out of the three of them, I have the most confidence in Clay Buckholz, and that's saying a lot. Yes. Jess, that's not a compliment either. So... Um, <laughs> That's the problem, is the fact that I have the most confidence in Clay Buckholz out of these three guys, that's the downfall. And that shows why he's the number two starter in your rotation, but not a good sign. Um, hopefully Rodriguez comes back as soon as possible. But that being said, Porcello did exactly what we're used to seeing him do, like you said. He got in there, he started the game, and then he settled down. When he settled down, he looked fine, right? He, no problems, but he's got to do that from the beginning. Um Kelly's just Joe Kelly. Whatever I get out of him is not really a shocker to me. If he pitches well, it's it's about time. And if he doesn't pitch well, it's, oh, okay, well, here he goes again. We've talked about Joe Kelly endlessly on the show about the fact that he has stuff to be a good pitcher. He just can't do it for some reason. Yeah, I don't I don't know what it is with him. It's He can't get it together, like, in a start. It's like, he's so inconsistent. He'll be good. You know, he showed us that he can be good. He won eight straight starts last year. That's great, mm-hmm. but it's just like when he's struggling at all, he just like is terrible. I can't, I can't get a sense of like when he's going to be good or not, and if he's going to be good or not. And you're not going to be winning fifteen to twenty games in the season if you're that inconsistent and volatile. Yeah, I mean, you hit it right on the head, Jess. I, it's you can't win games being inconsistent and pitching three, four innings so I don't know like I want of course I want I want him to pitch well and I want him I want to have confidence in him because I I like the guy but if if this is gonna it's gonna be a trend again like last season it's gonna be some issues oh I don't want that if this is I mean I'm predicting that this is going to be like last year unfortunately but I think the Red Sox this year will be in a better spot come the deadline that they'll be willing to make a move for a second guy to help this rotation a little bit 
God knows who it'll be because it'll just be someone we don't, we don't think of right now because everyone's in contention this early, so no one will have ever names out there. But who knows? Maybe Sonny Gray's available come the deadline, and you can maybe pull that off somehow. Um, who knows? So we'll see kind of where that goes. Two other guys that kind of shocked, not really shocked us, but proved they deserve the nod from John Farrell were Brock Holt and Travis Shaw this week. Travis Shaw hit three thirteen. Uh, Brock Holt hit four twelve with two dingers. Um, guys, these two are legit everyday players, and I think they earned their stripes this week. They kind of proved John Farrell right. I loved it. I loved every minute of it, and Jess and I talked about it um, when they when they opened their season. Like, how fitting is it that Holt and Shaw got the first two hits of the season? That was great. <laughs> and both got two hits and both got two RBI in that game. It was great. So, big-time stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, Holt, don't think anyone could have expected him to hit two home runs in ARBI in the first first week at over 400. That's we expect him to be a solid player, but that's that's above and beyond, obviously. Yeah, and that'll obviously come down. But sure, yeah, it's, exactly. nice, it's nice to see though. Oh, it's great! And hitting a big hit, getting the grand slam, hitting the home run in the Cleveland game, all great from him. His defense looked good, and then Shaw, yeah, he's you know still hitting well. I think average is going to be the hardest thing for him because he's kind of more of a power guy. But this first week. Average was the thing. Three thirteen got numerous hits, which is awesome. Scored four runs and mm-hmm. solid defense. He makes some off balance plays, some nice stops. He looked really good at, at third. So I think if people are questioning those moves and if these guys are capable of playing, they will play good defense and they will kill it on offense. So so far, no complaints there. <laughs> you know what's great about this too? Icing on the cake. Pablo Sandoval's belt coming off when he swung the bat. Oh the other God. Day. Not to mention getting an error in his first try in the field. <laughs> it, it was just a rough day for him. Um, and the vines and the, everything coming out of him swinging out of his own belt um, is just hilarious. And I'm still on the record of being a Pablo Sandoval guy. I really am. But that was just really bad look for him. And it was absolutely hilarious. And I could not stop laughing when I watched it over and over and over again on Twitter. It's, I don't even know what to say about it. It's just like, you know, everything that was said about him during spring training and I mean I know it got a little out of hand yes but then to come out and say like he's not unhealthy and for that to happen it's just like oh god like what are you doing he looked really bad he looked huge he looked uncomfortable he looked really unhappy on the bench every time he came in he just today to finish the game struck out three pitches right down the middle right in a row breaks his belt, makes an error. He looks awful. My God. Talk about two different guys, him and Hanley, coming in with, with low expectations of are these guys going to give us anything. And Hanley's just doing everything right, making all the plays, happy, smiling, starting. Pablo looks miserable, not starting, playing <laughs> terribly, getting taking none of, nothing out of every chance he gets. Boy, could they be any different right now? Carl Crawford 2.0. Oh, God. Yeah. It's so sad because it's becoming that. Um, I think it's just I just the belt thing to me is just the, the icing on the cake for Holt and, play, and Shaw playing well. Um, like I said, kind of last week, it does kind of hurt um, the depth of this team having those two be starters, but they clearly deserve it and they're playing well. So kind of stick with it for sure. Um, another guy we can kind of touch on quickly. We already kind of did, but guys, Hanley playing well. He looks comfortable and like we said, kind of Butterfield here he did his job. He he helps Hanley learn how to play first base. And I think a lot of it too, it you know, obviously with Butterfield, and, you know, Hanley's a short—he was a shortstop for for a while. He, infield is is kind of his thing. So I know 
in the off season we were like great doesn't know, know what foot to put on the bag but he looks like he's played first base for years so he's he's making the plays he's prepared he's and he's hitting the ball so it's like he's just doing everything right right now and I just hope that continues yeah, he looks good at the plate. He's kind of crouching down more or less of a leg kick, so it was, he seems a lot more control of his swing and where he's where he's going to do it. Last year, he was just like standing straight up, doing that big leg kick and just swinging for the fences every time. That doesn't work, and it didn't work, and what he's doing now is working. Butterfield did a great job with him. He's a great coach, and Hanley really responded to that, so I'm sure he heard all the negative negative uh, feedback over the offseason, everyone crying for him to get traded, wanted him nowhere near the team, us included, and he responded to it, and it's a shame that Pablo couldn't respond to it too. And I wanted, I, part of me wants to be like, well, if if Pablo started, maybe he would have responded and played well. But he's given us no reason to think that that's that would have been the case at all. Yeah, no. And to me, Hanley playing this well, um, if he can, obviously it's been a week, but like him consistently showing that he's comfortable at first base, if he just stays healthy and doesn't run on a wall, like we've talked about here a million times. I'm confident that he can be consistent enough to help this team during the season. I don't know what the clubhouse situation's like, but it's a good start, obviously, like we talked about with him and Travis Shaw. Um, but Hanley doing this so far is a huge sign because if this is something he can consistently keep up with this year, then next year I'm not worried because then he becomes a DH. Um, I know there's rumors of uh, Encarnacion coming here from the Blue Jays because he'll be a free agent. His contract is up after this year, and they have not started negotiations with that. So you could even lure him here to play first base because I know people have brought it up to him about being the DH here already. It's already come up. I don't know why it has to him, but it has. Um, and he said that he's young and still wants to play the field and feels like he still can play defense. Well, okay, we'll let you play first base, because you know what? Hanley's probably going to be the DH next year, so you don't have to do that right away. Unless Hanley doesn't want to play DH, he wants to keep playing first if he really likes it, because he seems to be enjoying it so far. Dude, if you tell Hanley all he has to do is show up and hit, he's going to just show up and hit. <laughs> Maybe. He's, I know for a fact, and I'm the, I know this, he's enjoying it because he's doing it, and he's doing it well. If you still tell Hanley, you know what, dude, just come and hit. Just come and hit. That's all you got to do. He's going to take that. Yeah, maybe. I could see it. I could see and then it. wouldn't you love to have him and Eduardo, Eduardo and Garcion? I don't know why I said Eduardo, but... I get my point. <laughs> week, week two, same thing. Week, it just, it, it's going to happen. Come on, Jared, you saw play all weekend. Say his name right. Edwin. Edwin Encarnacion. You got to say his name right if he's on our team next year. <laughs> I'll get it when he's on the team. Um, wouldn't it be awesome to have both them in the lineup? It replaces. You need a bat to replace Ortiz. He can hit the crap out of the ball. It, it, it's a perfect fit, and he's friends with Ortiz. And I know he's already been kind of courting him to come here. Um, we'll see what happens because they can't pay everyone up there in Toronto, um, and they got to take care of Joey Bats, I'm sure. So um, we'll kind of see what happens there. Um, one thing I don't. I don't know. If how much this concerns you guys, but Mookie Betts, after having a hot spring, um, was hitting well. It looked like we were all sitting here, MVP races, all this stuff. He's hitting 150. Um, I'm not concerned yet. I don't know about you guys, but I, I just don't think as much as a week can look good for people hitting 455, a week doesn't mean that much for a guy hitting 150 either. Yeah, I mean, we've been saying it all show. It's been one week. Um, I'm not concerned at all. He'll figure it out. Just I think a lot. He'll just get back right. He'll get right back to it. He'll. He's not gonna hit 400. I wish he would, but he'll, <laughs> he's gonna. He's gonna be fine. He started. The you know, first game was really good, and there's no reason to be concerned a week into the season because he's playing well. It's disappointing because obviously you want to have a better start, and he 
looks kind of lost at the plate. He's looked bad in a lot of pitches. He struck out a lot, unfortunately. A lot of weak pop-ups. But he also did the same thing last year. He started the season really slow last year. Had a very, I mean, he was hitting like 212 for the first like two months of the season. Then he just went to tear the rest of the season. So that'd be cool if he did that again. But it's just like a lot of people expected him to start out really hot because he's been playing really well. So it's a little weird to see him play so poorly again, just like he did last year to start the season. So that's just a little concerning for me just because, like, the fact that he's doing this again, but maybe he's just a slow starter, he doesn't like cold weather, and he'll be fine. I'm sure he'll be fine overall. I just wish he'd hit better because, well, I mean, for hitting purposes, when your leadoff hitter gets on three times out of 23 or whatever it is, that doesn't help anything. No, for sure. Um, it didn't hurt necessarily this week, but it, it doesn't help. It didn't <laughs> hurt. No, it doesn't help. But um, I'm not worried about Mookie Betts. I just I think he's looked a little uncomfortable to play. I don't know why, but um, I just think that I'm not worried yet. He can't be worried yet, especially with a guy who's shown such promise. And I just think that there's obviously plenty of baseball left. So I think give him the month of April, give everyone the month of April, and then we can really start diving into okay, he, he's going to start being replaced, they're going to start shuffling things around, this isn't going to work type attitude. Like, if Hanley starts, if Hanley plays well the entire month of April, I'll be content with him staying and being a member of this team. If Mookie Betts hits like crap the rest of April, then, okay, there's a little bit of concern there. What's going on? Yeah, I think a month's fair. A week's too too short, obviously. And, and I want to say a month's not even long enough, but obviously, as we saw last year, it, if you get off to a bad enough start, it does affect the rest of the season. So you kind of have to start looking at things after a month. Two months might be your whole season right? <laughs> if they don't play well. It's been like that for the last two summers now. So I'll give them a month, and then I'll start worrying. Um, but for now, we'll just sit here and break down the wonders of Brock Holt and Travis Shaw <laughs> because it's just amazing that they're actually doing it for once um, and consistently, and they're not just doing it on a day, every other day basis. They're doing it every day, which is great. Um, another thing that... Um, it kind of intrigues me. Um, the uh, the trend that we've seen over the start of this week, I know, and we've been harping on it's only a week, but the offense has been so good, and but the, and the bullpen's obviously phenomenal, but obviously the starters haven't been great. Um, we kind of touched on the rotation already, but is this going to be the whole year? Are we going to be banking on the offense the entire season, or do you see a fix, guys, in the future here? Because I don't see a fix. I think this is how you're going to have to win games. If you want to make the playoffs, you're going to have to hope your your team averages seven runs a game. I don't think it's going to be a season-long trend. I think um, our, our starters are going to figure it out. Price is going to be the leader that we know he can be, and one, you know, Erod's going to come back hopefully next month, um, and he'll fit get right back in there. So I'm not really too worried right now. I mean, kind of like Mookie Betts, I'll give it give it a month and see what happens. But I think a week is just too soon to tell. Yeah, it's it's obviously tough to know. Everyone's only pitched once. I I could see it being a season-long trend just because we have seen this in the past, but with price at the top and the weather getting warmer and stuff, I think it'll get better. Yeah, I, and the weather's obviously a concern. I think that this time of year it's hard to get a grip on the ball. It's hard, and it's hard to hit, too. So, I mean, it kind of goes both ways, but um, I think that pitching is hard because you, really, you can't get a good grip when it's too cold. You don't even want to have your hands out in the cold, never mind pitch a baseball. So um, I think you have to give them some time there for the uh, starters, but I still think it's not going to change much unless it's David Price that you're talking about. Then you're going to hit from six innings to eight innings and increase his numbers. But um, it'll help. the warm weather will help a little bit. Um, but obviously, like you guys, like we've talked about, it's just kind of too early to tell. Um, Red Sox obviously had a good week, though. Started three and two, coming home, home opener tomorrow. Um, but 
it's been pretty good season around uh, Major League Baseball for the first week as well. And I think the biggest thing we have to start with is Trevor's story around the league here, guys. Six home runs um, in his first four games. He hit another one today, so now he's got seven. Um, mind you, he's a rookie. This kid is, I don't know what this kid took before these games, but he is just going insane. What a story. <laughs> I was oh, I knew you were going to be the one to do that. <laughs> I knew it was going to be Jeff. I've been doing that all week. <laughs> of course you have. Yeah, it's it's an awesome story. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you can say it. It, it, it makes sense. Uh, it's an awesome thing. No, it is an awesome story, whether his name's Story or not. I mean, holy yeah. crap. Seven home runs in the first week of the season. He's out hitting everyone, much less rookies. Who cares about rookies? He's out hitting everyone. Wow. Seven home runs in the first week. He's helping the Rockies win a couple of games. It's it's funny because I saw before the season, and Trevor Story is. They're they're committed to him. They think he's going to be a good ball player, and he'll be playing instead of Jose Reyes because of all his domestic violence, all that crap. And boy, mm-hmm. who knew that we were going to get this from him? Yeah, I, you know, every day I was getting an alert about about story. I was like, wow, this guy's something else. And then it's like another home run, another home run, another home run. <laughs> oh my god, he's never going to stop. And the only thing that you know puts a red flag in my mind is you know we saw it. Last year, we saw Hanley Ramirez hit 10 home runs in April. And, I mean, I know that we have two, two and a half weeks left of April, and Story has seven, but I don't want that to become Hanley of this year because we, I don't want the Rockies fans to feel how we felt last year. No, but I, I think I – don't, I don't think they will. I think this kid actually has some talent. I think um, his swing is the reason why he's hitting so well. He's got a nice, smooth swing. Um, it's not Griffey like, but you know it, it's it's a good smooth swing, and, and this kid's hitting the crap out of the ball. And and I don't be so I know he's hitting for power right now, but I think this kid's got the ability to be just a kind of a a, a high two hundreds, even a three hundred hitter come the, the course of the entire season. Yeah, it's tough to know because all he's done is basically hit home runs. I mean, six of his first seven hits were home runs. But yeah. here's a stat for you: Story in his first six career games has more home runs than sixteen major league teams. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Red Sox included, right? We don't have seven, do we, or do we? No, we, no do we? So. I don't think so. I didn't check that, I don't but I don't do. believe so. I don't think they do. I don't think the Red Sox do. Maybe no. five, six, maybe? Ooh, it's close. Because Holt has two, Ortiz has two, Ramirez has one, Betts has one. But that's it, right? That's it. I don't think you're missing one there. Yep, I think that's it. That's it. So we have six. Yep, so he's got more than us. <laughs> oh, my. Wow, what a story. What a story. Uh, I hate you guys. We're moving on because I don't want to talk about that anymore. Um, another great story, um, unfortunately for us in the AL East, um, are the Orioles being the only undefeated team in the majors, and we get to play them tomorrow. Um, they're 5-0. and They've been playing well. No one expected this by any means. None of us picked them to do this well. Obviously, it's only, it's only a week, but 5-0, and guys, it's still 5-0 and in one week. Yeah, I mean, especially from the Orioles, it's, just, it's so funny because a few years ago they were just such a terrible team, and when Buck Showalter was hired, they just really turned around, and 5-0, you know, oh, that's still an incredible start through five games. They haven't done this you know, in a long time, and, and I'm, I mean, they're, they're going to not do that well at Fenway. I'm not too worried about it, but... I, of course you're not. Of course you're of course, not. Of course I'm not, but eh, it's, I mean, they're fun to watch right now because they are 5-0, and oh, and it's I mean, it's the Orioles. I don't expect it to last. 
but they're all hitting. That's the thing. Right now, they literally all of them are hitting. Um, Chris Davis has two homers. Manny Machado has three. Hit a bomb today. Um, let's see. One, two, three, four. Four people on their roster are hitting 400 or better. Um, put two more to that to 300 or better. So you have six guys hitting 300 or better. Um, kind of crazy, guys, in the sense of I know it's a week of um, a batting average, but to have six guys hitting 300 or better, that's why they're 5-0. and Which is really funny, too, because they haven't scored that many runs. They scored three, four, four, six, and five. It's it's consistent, but it's not a ton. They've only given up. Granted, their first three games are against the Twins, who are six and zero. So let's hold ourselves a little bit here. But they won three to two, four to two, four to two, six to one, and five to three. So combination mm-hmm. of consistent offense with all those guys hitting three hundred, and obviously really good pitching because they've given up hardly any runs. Twins and Braves. So let's hold it a little bit here. But good start for them. We'll see if it continues. Yeah, no, it's a great start. Um, you have the team's ERA right now is 1.5, so can't complain there. Um, but I just don't think this pill, I don't think long term their pitching can hold up because you're relying on Chris Tillman, uh, Ubaldo Jimenez. Um, these guys aren't, to me, guys that you can, I mean, obviously I'd rather Jimenez than Clay Buckholes, but I still don't think that he's going to be someone long term that you can rely on. Um, Zach Britton does already have two saves, so they're putting their closer to good use. Um, but I, I just don't see the Orioles. We've, we've talked about this in the preview show last week. They just don't have the depth, and I just don't think they have the lineup to kind of keep this up long term. Like you said, Jess, they haven't let up. They haven't got too many runs in this five and out week. So coming into here at Fenway, now their pitching has to go against a team who's been hitting very well. Um, obviously, besides today. This week at Fenway is going to be a big test to this undefeated Orioles team because now a staff that isn't getting credit, they probably don't. I mean, we're not giving them credit, even though they pitched well. Now they got to come in against a lineup who's hitting well. That's going to be a huge test for them coming into Fenway Park. Yeah, the Sox offense is going to be far different than a terrible Twins offense and a pretty bad Rays offense as well. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's, um, you know, just like you said, they haven't scored a lot of runs, and we've scored multiple runs, more runs in, in their game. So it's it's going to be a really good test for them. And it's going to test their offense, going to test their defense. It's just, I'm excited for the series. Yeah, we got shut out today, and we still score more six, six more runs than they have. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it, it's, um, it's going to be an intriguing matchup for sure. Um, obviously, you can't. Be, uh, deny the fact they're hot, though. So it's always hot, tough to play a team who's who's coming in hot like this. So it's still, I think there'll be good games here at Fenway Park. Come for the first series for Boston here at home this season. Um, one other major league note that I kind of wanted to touch on before we get to our predictions. We didn't do those last week, um, but we're going to get to them this week for predictions for the week. Um, before we do that, though, I do want to talk about the sliding rule because. After the first week, there's been game, there's been some issues already, guys. Um, lost the game for the Blue Jays, and I think that guy, this game, this kind of slide rule, this isn't going away. This is going to be an issue for the for the whole season because guys are already starting to kind of freak out about sliding into second base because they don't want to get called. Batista didn't slide hard into second base because he was afraid of getting called for it. Uh, yes. I, Sorry. Go ahead. It does, you know, I I watched this. I must have watched it a hundred times, and I mean, I get, I get the rule, I understand it, and but he, and the slide wasn't hard, no, but Bautista grabbed that, he grabbed the, the second baseman's ankle. You, you can't do that. 
Yeah, it's it's weird because like now guys are having to like really think about what they're doing. They're like, oh, what should I do? And Batista, who already have, who already lost the game because of it, you know, today going to break up a double hit, double play for Pedroia, he just kind of like went in and just kind of slid normally. And so he's thinking about it. And Carnacion didn't even slide one one of his times today. So it's like guys are really hesitant, not sure what they're doing, and it's kind of it kind of takes away from the game because they're not even sure what they can do. I get why Major League Baseball did it because they felt like they had to do something because of the the broken leg in the playoffs. But was it too reactionary? I don't know because it's, it's not. It's kind of taken away from it a little bit. I was gonna say that you know with Encarnacion, he didn't. He didn't even really wasn't even running hard into second, and I think it was Remy who would, who said something about it during the game, and it was just like, you know, if you know you can run hard, there's nothing about running; it's all sliding. And I mean, he should have slid, and he probably didn't. The fact that he didn't want the game to get blown on another call like that because it happened to Bautista, so yeah. he's already been affected by it. So of course, I think they're going to be a little more careful. But I mean. Are they going to review every single quote unquote hard slide in the second? It's just, it's so stupid. They could definitely get out of hand. You know, and they probably will review almost every one. You know, it's going to hurt these games like it did for Fatista. It's going to be an issue, I think, for the entire season. Um, I'm thinking maybe as we get further along, it might be a little better and they might start to fall back on it just a little bit. But right now, it, it, it's an issue and it's going to be an issue for a, a little bit here. Yeah, I think I think it is, and I mean the Bautista one I can understand, but it's just there's no sense in making the game longer. There's no sense in reviewing every slide in the second just because you can at this point. It it if it's not gonna if it's not gonna affect the game, like if it's not gonna take away runs or if it's not if nobody's breaking their leg, then just don't even review it. Yeah, I, I, I think this rule is going to get out of hand. I do. Um, I hate it. I don't like the rule change. It's part of baseball. Deal with it. Um, obviously, at least slide last year was rough in the playoffs, but it really wasn't as bad as people thought. And I just, I don't know. I, I just think it's an, it was an overreaction to a, a gruesome-looking play in the playoffs, but it was part of baseball, and I think it's, it's for the worse. Um, but I just think that long-term this year, it might slowly go away as the year goes on. Um, hopefully it doesn't at least because it's going to be tough to see people games lost like they already have been because of that rule. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where kind of where it goes from here. But so far, it's kind of everyone's kind of up in arms about it. So it's definitely something to keep watching because it's definitely one of the hottest topics in the first week. Yeah, I think it's going to stay there for a little bit too because it's such a crucial part of the game. That and the, the changing or the figuring out of the uh, the kind of neighborhood play at second base as well is going to get critiqued now even more as well. So uh, definitely rules to kind of keep an eye on throughout the season as it kind of progresses here. Um, we've talked a lot about Red Sox. We've talked a lot about the first week of baseball. Um, Lauren's been giddy all week, <laughs> and she gets to go to three Red Sox games this week at Fenway Park, so she's going to be very giddy this week. Um, but before we get out of here, uh, I do want to get kind of predictions for the week. We do this every week. In the regular season, um, we have three against the Orioles and three against the, the Blue Jays again. Um, guys, let's go with – let's start with the Orioles series. I'll go first. I have them losing two out of three to this Orioles team. Um, they win tomorrow, opening day. David Ortiz's last opening day. David Price on the mound. Um, they win tomorrow, lose the last two, in my opinion. 
Um, I'm going, they're going to win two from the O's and lose one. I think they'll, I mean, I'm going to obviously be biased and say they're going to win the game I'm going to. <laughs> of course, so if I'm going to choose the one they're going to lose, it's going to be Tuesday. Um, I definitely think they're winning the home opener, and I think Baltimore is going to going to finally get a taste of losing. Yeah, I've got winning two out of three as well. I think I'm not necessarily sure which game they're going to win because if I had to pick the game they lose this week, it would probably be Wednesday, unfortunately, because Jimenez is good and Kelly not so much isn't. so far. <laughs> Just isn't. Yeah, so hopefully for your sake. For both of your sake, they win both those, but I think Buckles is going to win his. So I'm going two out of three. Orioles are going to get a taste of some offense, and their 5-0 and streak will quickly be forgotten. Yeah, I would not hate winning two out of three from the Orioles, but um, I'm not trusting Clay Buckles until he does it. So giving Buckles the loss as well. Um, after that, you get three against the Jays. Uh, Lauren, what do you got there? Uh, same thing. I think they're going to win two from the Jays. We saw it this past series, and I know a lot of people have picked them. The, the Blue Jays to win the win the division, but we've shown that we can put up offense against them. We can come from behind and beat them. So and we'll be at home. So I think it's gonna be very good, um, very good matchup. So I'm really excited for this series just because we've already played them, and I'm excited to to see them keep keep beating the Jays. Yeah, um, I, I for me too. I have uh, I have them actually beating. The Jays, two out of three. Um, I think that you, you saw some success here over the weekend, and I think it's going to continue. Um, I, obviously, being at home doesn't hurt either. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going two out of three from the Jays, three and three overall for the week. Yeah, I'm actually going different from you guys, saying losing two out of three from the Jays. I think they're going to be angry that we beat them two out of three in their house, and they think they'll come in here and take two out of three in our house. They, you know, they have good offense and. We'll see what happens, but I'm strictly going on that just because we beat them two out of three here. So three and three weeks for me as well, and obviously I'd like better, but that wouldn't be a bad week because we're playing two pretty good teams, at least so far. And I think, and I think, I think this division is going to be harder than most people are kind of pegging it to be. Even us, we didn't really give this division too much of a kind of hard kind of compared to other divisions, of course. But I think it's going to be a dogfight all year, um, and I think. Three and three, Jess is I think is right. I mean, obviously that's because I made the prediction, but like two. But I think this club is a 500 ball club. I, I think that that's kind of what they're going to be. I'm not saying they're going to finish at 500, but I just think that long term, you're going to see a lot of ups and downs this year. You're going to see a lot of winning streaks and maybe lose a few in a row just to kind of balance itself out. So I, I I wouldn't be shocked if maybe they go three and three this week just because of that alone. I think that's what this team is until they fix their pitching staff. Only games will tell, right? Only games will tell, and we got six of them this week, all at home. Fenway Park's back in the uh, eyes of the baseball world this week. Um, This week, of course, Red Sox Beat was brought to you by uh, Grandstand, the new sports app. Sports highlights straight from the crowd. Share your own sports highlights and watch videos straight from the crowd. All from the fans' perspective, download Grandstand on the App Store or at grandstand.me. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter at Red Sox underscore Beat. Facebook is Red Sox Beat Podcast on Tumblr, on uh, on iTunes. If you could rate, review, and subscribe us, that would be so awesome from all of us here at Red Sox. We'd love to see that uh, from you guys because you guys are our loyal listeners and we'd love to get more of them. So that would obviously be a big help uh, for us. Uh, first week 
of the regular season is in the books. I'm looking forward to this next week here in the regular season. Lauren and I are catching some games live. We'll report on that next week as well. Um, until then, for Jess Thomas and Lauren Campbell, uh, I am Jared Scali. This is Red Sox Beat on Sea Honest Radio. Yeah.